Hey everybody and welcome back to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 2. I'm your host, Stephen Westway, and how good is it to have Rugby League finally back? It was a great weekend last weekend. One of the best round ones in memory. And man, was there some upset wins, that's for sure. The Broncos on Friday night, big winners over the Panda of Panthers. But the big story of the week, the Dolphins. They made their NRL debut, their first ever match. It was a, such a historic occasion there on Sunday afternoon and... You can just tell as you're watching the game that the crowd, anything the Dolphins you know, did right in the game and any try that they were going to score, the crowd was just going to explode. Next minute, the Dolphins are ahead of the Roosters and they turn out to be big winners in a huge upset over one of the Premiership favourites in their first game in the history of the club. I cannot overstate how big that is. Remarkable achievement and Wayne Bennett really had, a, I guess, a it's us versus them mentality that he gave to his players. You know, he really, by the sounds of it, made everybody think that, uh, you know, it really, really fueled those rumours that the Dolphins are really going to struggle and basically told the players as much and told them, well, they, these guys don't expect us to win a game. These so-called experts and journalists that we have around the league. And the Dolphins came out, they made a huge impact, an immediate impact, and... The Roosters were poor, no doubt about it. A lot of drop ball by both teams, but in terms of energy, enthusiasm, and you know, just that desire to compete in every play, the Dolphins were very much up for the task. It remains to be seen whether they will be for the entirety of their first season, and whether they, you know, will be a, a force and a team that could potentially make the top eight at the end of the year. But man, how can you not be encouraged by what you saw? It was, it was amazing. I've still got, you know. I've still got just energy talking about it. I've got tingles. I mean, goosebumps. Goosebumps is the word I'm looking for. A great opening performance by the Dolphins, no doubt about it. You guys haven't go check out the the board, the birth or the. I'm trying to remember what it's called, but the stand documentary about the uh, the dawn of the Dolphins. That's what it's called. The stand documentary. I watched the first episode last night. It went for 55 minutes, and it really goes in depth about. Everything that went into the making of uh, the football club in terms of the logos, in terms of how they won the bid, in terms of recruiting Wayne Bennett and then getting Bennett to really try to design the squad that he was happy with and that he felt could be competitive for their first ever season because there's so much that rides on this season for the club. And man, as I said, I, I couldn't be more happier with how the Dolphins started. It's great for Rugby League to see them going well. So... Absolutely remarkable stuff, and I can't wait for their second game this weekend. But, you know, as I mentioned, the whole round, full of ups, full of downs for a lot of uh, teams. You know, a lot of teams that were expected to win didn't win. I actually only tipped four out of eight footy tips correct. I had a couple of guests that come on the show last week. Big thanks to Nicole Chimitreski, Josh Duncan, and Matt Cosru, the regular, um, for all coming back on the show and, and giving their opinions about the season ahead. And I think they all beat me in the footy tips last week. Shocking four out of eight. I mean, who would have thought some of these uh, some of these upsets were absolutely unbelievable. I also want to give a big thanks for everybody that tuned in and watched the season opener and listened to the season opener last week, wherever you guys listen to your favorite podcasts. I mean, the viewership was extremely high. And there just seems to be a lot of general excitement around rugby league at the start of every season, but 2023 in particular. As we saw by the weekend results, it could be our biggest and closest season that we've maybe ever seen in the National Rugby League. It, it, the premiership race is really wide open, and 
in my opinion, the most open it's been for four to five years at least. There's a lot of contenders, and pretty much every team you can make an argument for, just about, could potentially make the finals in 2023. It's um, unbelievable, and it's great to see the competition in such a good shape. I hope you're not getting too much background noise. I've got the fan on. It has been a stinker down here in the Illawarra the last two days. Absolutely crazy. I mean, I think yesterday got to 40 degrees. It's hotter than summer was down here. We're just out of summer. Obviously, autumn just started, but man, it... The sun. The good news is the sun is shining, and we're going to see a lot of exciting rugby league if it, the weather in New South Wales stays like it uh, like it has been the last couple of days this weekend. We saw it on I guess Saturday afternoon with the Manly and um, Manly and Bulldogs game. We saw some really exciting football there because you know what, day games in New South Wales while the sun's shining. There's nothing better than it, but a lot of times the New South Wales weather very unpredictable. So. Yeah, you know, hopefully the weather stays the same, but it, it is it is stinking hot right now. It's been a busy week for me, but, you know, as I mentioned, I always make time to talk about rugby league. I love the game, and I want you guys to support it and, you know, tell me. Give me feedback. What am I doing right on this show? What am I doing wrong on this show? Should I have more guests? Today, it's just me going alone. No guests this week, but I'm hoping to have some, some more of my friends join me next week, and we can talk more about, uh, you know, their individual team's season so far and their expectations moving forward for the rest of the year so um, if you guys haven't please like steve's nrl footy tips on facebook subscribe like share the podcast wherever you guys listen to do it it's very important for the algorithm to get me into more eyes to really subscribe and leave a review on those podcast feeds spotify apple Podcasts, anchor google Podcasts. we are everywhere you guys listen to your favorite podcast this podcast is made by anchor big thanks to them as always and, you know, if you guys want to start a podcast, I'm currently not, currently don't have advertising enabled, but, uh, you know, feel free. Anchor's a great app for, for making your own podcast. And, you know, over the last three years plus, I've been very fortunate to have the fan base and built the fan base I have with you guys listening every week. I really appreciate it. So um, some huge games round two. I mean, I mentioned the Dolphins and, and their first ever outing. But as I, as I also touched on, the Broncos, huge winners over the Penrith Panthers. They've now lost two games in a row, if you include the World Cup Challenge, by a point each. And at home, which, you know, Penrith Lubet Stadium has been, been basically a graveyard these last few years. So to see a more vulnerable Penrith, obviously they've lost some big stars over the last few years, but in particular at the end of last year, the losses of Viliami Kikia and Api Korosia, both who didn't, by the way, have remarkable debuts for their new club. Those losses, though, um, they're going to take some time for Penrith to, to find the answers to. Obviously, there's the argument that Mitch Kenny not offering his crisp service and a dummy half and you know not knowing the players as well as Apicorosia did. And then you've got the left-hand side with Jerome Luai perhaps not being as potent, or definitely not being po- as potent at the moment without Viliami Kikia being there. It's not as destructive, not as much as a threat there. And I think Penrith are going to experiment a little bit and try to get things right because obviously they favour that left-hand side um, in the fourth and fifth plays of, of sets. They try to go down there, so it's going to be a um, going to be a work in progress for them. I mentioned the Titans had a really good performance on Sunday night over the Titan uh, over the Tigers. South Sydney big winners over Cronulla. The Storm kept their round one winning streak alive over the Eels, but uh, overall, the teams that you know were disappointing Newcastle. Um, the Tigers, even someone like the Bulldogs, who, um, you know, a lot of hype around them this season. They've got time to fix it, but if you're a coach, 
uh, or a fan of the club, you'd like to see those results as soon as possible, and you'd like to see, I guess, some positive signs heading into, you know, what is a a large campaign, the next 26 weeks. Wins in this first month of the competition, not crucial, but I guess important to uh, to set the foundation and I guess the the goals that you want to accomplish throughout the football year. You're not going to be ruled out of this competition if you're 0-4 to four to start the season, but it's going to be hard to turn around that culture that you've built over the first month. So um, I expect a lot of teams that were disappointing last week to be better this weekend. And as I mentioned, some big games coming up in round two, some interesting team list news. We're going to cover all those every game this week. Um, but as I mentioned... It's very important for the future of the show to, to follow me on those podcast feeds, like the Facebook page, get me over a 1,000 likes. I think I'm in the 800s at the moment. I'd very much appreciate it. But right now, it's time to talk all the Round 2 action and a huge game to start the round on Thursday night at 8pm back at Blue Bet Stadium. All right, let's get to the games for Round 2 now. And... As I mentioned to start the show, the quality of round one football that we saw, it might be one of the best round ones ever. If you go back and look at some of these score lines that we saw in the weekends, only one of these games was a 13-point victory. It shows you that the competition is well and truly competitive, and it could be the most competitive season we've seen in a very long time, if not ever, in the NRL. So uh, positive sides on round one. We'll see how round two goes and as i'm recording this i just got a uh, message from as i mentioned regular guest matt cosner who's been on this podcast numerous times he's he's a guy that loves um really loves promoting when he's right and you know when he's getting footy tips right he got six out of eight last week he beat me by two points and uh you know as i mentioned he's he's one of these guys that I think he's very knowledgeable of rugby league, and that's why I have him on the show. He's a good mate of mine, but he also definitely knows his stuff. And, you know, a lot of people always come to the show and go, oh, Steve, why why can't you have some NRL stars or some or some guys on the show? I'd love to have those guys, uh, no doubt about it. Um, but I'm not really reaching out and looking to try to find those guys and get them on the show. Again, I'd love to have them on, but... This is a nice casual podcast from the fans for the fans of Rugby League. And, uh, you know, Cos, we'll see what happens throughout the show. But if he wants to join in and talk a game or two with me, I'd love to have him on. No doubt about it. All right. um, Penrith Rabbitohs. It's kickstarting the season. It's a huge game, the Panthers versus the Rabbitohs. It all kicks off at 8 p.m. from Bluebet Stadium up there in Penrith. And... This is a 2021 grand final rematch. Both teams had very different round ones. The Rabbitohs, the uh, the outsiders in this game, but uh, big winners last weekend against the Cronulla Sharks. What was it, 29 or, or 27, I believe, 18, the final score in that game. Latrell Mitchell kicking the 80-minute field goal, but the Rabbitohs found themselves... In a real arm wrestle for a lot of the game, Nico Hines wasn't there for Cronulla, so I don't know if it was a fair indication of the points and the and the attacking flair that Cronulla was showing throughout the course of the season. But there's no doubt about it, the Cronulla forwards really took it to South Sydney early in this game, and within the first 10 to 15 minutes of the contest, Jai Arrow and Tavita Tola, who unfortunately suffered a HIA in the first very first tackle of the game, um, both were ruled out, and then it was down to South Sydney, with 15 men to go on and win the game, and they did a remarkable job. Blake Taff, of course, was on the bench. He got on for eight minutes, but, you know, to 
had pretty much only one forward on the bench for the entire game. For the Rabbitohs to do what they did away from home, it was a hostile crowd. The crowd had a lot of energy up there at Cronulla on Saturday night. It, uh, it's truly a credit to you know the Rabbitohs and what they can do this year and how far they can go. I mean, to show that sort of endurance and that kind of, um, I guess, desire in the first game without some of your key men, especially in the forward pack, which we all know are the hard workers uh, of the competition, not the flashy players, the ones that you know, go in and make 40 tackles and make 150 metres. Truly a, a good start for South Sydney. There was some drop ball by them, no doubt about it. And I think they that they didn't play great, especially in that first half. Uh, they went into the break 12 or up, and really they should have, should have had the lead against Cronulla, a couple of, um, I guess, defensive lapses like they, they've been prone to do over the last few years. That's definitely one area they've got to fix up. And, it, you know, they'll suddenly uh, all squared up. But I think they're... Ability to score those points early in the second half, and you know we have to we have to mention Lachlan Ilias, the game of his career. He was outstanding last Saturday, and I could not sing his praises enough. South Sydney so potent on the left side of the field. You know Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell, Alex Johnson. Those combinations are going to draw so many defenders on the left. But if you can attack um, and be dominant on both sides of the field, and uh, you know you're going to go a long way to win the premiership and, and teams. If you can stay unpredictable and attack, it doesn't matter how great their defense is. If you're that good and, and, and can score anywhere you know, on the field, either side, when you're on attack, um, it doesn't matter how good an opponent's defense is, they're going to leak some points. And see our City for the right-hand side, they completely dominated at Cronulla last weekend. Lachlan Ilias was everywhere in both attack and defense. And you know that defensive effort um, to stop Renato, I believe it was, from scoring that opening try... Uh, Tremendous. And, you know, Campbell, Graham, Kaloa, Matangi, they really reap the benefits of CS going to that, that right-hand side. They're a little bit, um, I guess, unsung, and, and I know they've got their wraps over the last couple of years. You know how big of a Campbell Graham fan I am. I, I love Kaloa Matangi as well. I'm a CS Sydney fan. But seeing them in space, it just shows you CS Sydney can strike from anywhere. And, um, you know, that's why I predict them to make the grand final. That's why they might potentially win the premiership, according to me, because... They've got strike power and they have depth, and I think they showed it on Saturday night without some of their key men in Arrow and Totola. I mean, Shakai and Mitchell, he came in, did a great job. He definitely played more minutes than he was expected to do. Davey Mowali, who I've got big raps on, still only a teenager, played 50-plus minutes because of the injuries to the uh, to the front-line production line there for Seahs. And, you know, they both didn't look, you know, overwhelmed by the occasion. They fit right in. They went about their work, and they... Uh, they definitely stood out and um, and made a positive impact and really helped South Sydney, especially in that second half. So, um, you know, really impressed by what I saw by South Sydney. Got to clean up the completions a little bit and um, I guess be a little bit tighter there in defence. But overall, positive start there for South. And, you know, their opponents this week at Penrith, um, you know, the Penrith Panthers themselves, they... I guess we're disappointing. Um, that first try that they scored against the Broncos was very unlucky against Brisbane, and they kind of scored against the run of play and made a line break, and uh, Brisbane were down early, and you just thought, well, here we go. Penrith are going to get back to what they do the be- uh, do best, and they're going to run out dominant winners, and their forward pack's really going to dominate Brisbane. It didn't happen. I mean, the likes of Kate, well, Husk, Carrigan, they really stood up and took it to the big Penrith forwards, and, you know, this. I don't think it's panic signs at all yet for Penrith, but... Two losses at home now um, where they haven't scored more than 12 points. Nathan Cleary, 
doesn't seem to be, uh, you know, absolutely dominating the field like he did the last couple of seasons. I mean, he's still, his kicking game's still remarkable, but in terms of attack, they seem a little bit, I guess, unorganised and without Luai having his, you know, key man Viliami kick out next to him anymore, he's really struggling on the left. So they just seem a little bit um, unorganised and directionless with the football in hand and not as potent as they once was. Um, defensively, they're still pretty sound, but, you know, just a couple lapses coming in the game, and you can definitely see that Penner have been put back to the field a little bit. Again, I don't think it's anything to worry about. I think that, um, you know, Penner losing two games in a row and everything, and their dog is saying, oh, who knows what Penrith can do this year, if they can still be contenders. I think they definitely can be. I don't, I don't think enough people are giving enough credit to Brisbane and their performance. Adam Reynolds was remarkable. The forward pack, as I mentioned, really stepped up. And, you know, unfortunately for Penrith, last Friday night, they were just beaten by better opposition. I think that they will be a lot better for the run. you got to remember, a lot of them were in World Cups at the back end of last year. So, you know, Penrith might have come into the season a little bit undercooked in terms of fitness. But I think with the football in their legs, there's so much talent wherever you look in the field. I mean, whether it's Luai, Cleary, Dylan Edwards, and the Ford pack, White doesn't have that, I guess, game-breaking ability that Kikia provided and Nappy Corusia provided. They're very hard workers. And Isaiah Yo, in particular, as the link man in the middle of the field, I don't see Penrith staying down for long, which makes me think that this Thursday night, the Rabbitohs versus the Panthers, going to be an absolutely classic. And... Um, you know, South Sydney, they're going to be out for revenge. The last three campaigns they've had, 2020, 2021, and 2022, they've been eliminated by Penrith, losing two prelims to them and one grand final. I think they're going to be hot to start. Um, Latrell Mitchell's in doubt for this clash with a potential, I don't know if it's MCL or a little bit less than that. Um, but I think that he will be right. His hemis and, and, and knees are going to get tested a little bit, and we'll see um, how fit he is. And we'll know that decision only over four game time, whether he's playing or not. But if Latrell Mitchell plays in this game, I expect Seas to be uh, confident, full of energy early. I think Seas can score the opening try or two in this game. And it just, I guess, depends for Pender because you know how... Like, Look at last Friday night in that Broncos game. Penrith started faster than any team we've seen all weekend. They were dominating through the middle of the field in the first five minutes. And the Broncos just managed to weather that storm and really turn it back on Penrith and get in their faces and upset them a little bit, which is definitely a key component um, to how you beat Penrith based on what we've seen over the last few years. It's just that Penrith don't usually let that happen to them. They're usually so dominant early in games and they really... Um, I guess, take it out of the opposition early because the opposition have to do so much defence. So on the opposite side, with the momentum that we've seen Souths have in round one, and, um, you know, they're a little bit short on forwards, but I expect it to be a little bit of an opposite effect on Thursday night. I think Souths will come out full of energy, full of running early, and if Penrith can weather that storm without conceding any points or, you know, even just one try, I think they can turn it back and potentially beat Souths. But what Souths have, I guess... Uh, that a lot of opposition that Penrith usually don't play are is that ability to score points at any time from any position. They're truly destructive and they're their best. They've got game breakers everywhere. I mean, Murray, outstanding, and can really open up the middle of the field. Cook was running more on the weekend, which I'm really impressed with. And uh, Latrell and Cody Walker, you know, they both, I guess, didn't have their best games on, on Saturday night, but you know how damaging they can be when they're at their best. So, it's going to be a big game, a big occasion up there at Blue Bet Stadium on Thursday night. I can't wait for it. I think it's going to be a cracking game. I think Penrith would be a lot better, and I think they'll be really 
up for the contest, especially against you know one of the arch rivals now in South Sydney and South Sydney vice versa. Uh, we know they hate Penrith after the last three years, at least. I feel like most of our fans do. I am a South Sydney fan. Uh, I think this one's truly a toss of the coin, and I think it all depends on who gets that momentum early. And if the opposition is able to weather the storm, as I mentioned, I think South will come up out of the blocks, fired up. And, uh, you know, if South Sydney come out and score a trial too early, I think that Penrith are in trouble. Uh, but if Penrith can weather that storm, I think that they, you know, when we look at the class of the football club, they uh, they know how to compete for 80. And every game that you verse Penrith in, you're going to have to be at your best for 80 minutes to beat them. So it's a, it's a really a toss of the coin. I'm going to lean South Sydney's way and not just because I'm a fan of them, as, as some people might think. I think that if Latrell Mitchell plays and Seahawks have more points than Penrith do, especially if Penrith happened to work out exactly what they're doing at dummy half. Sonny Luke looked much better um, in attack than Mitch Kenny did when he came on the field, but Kenny very liable defensively. So they've got to work out exactly that combination and maybe it's given Sonny Luke, you know, 30 to 40 minutes a game and, and Mitch Kenny 30 to 40. Um, and then, I guess, in that left-hand side, and they need to find more ways to score points. And I'm sure Ivan Cleary is going to be, you know, uh, definitely out to evolve their attack with the support staff that he has. But I think that South Sydney, in this game, um, if Latrell Mitchell plays, they're going to be really hard to stop. And I've got South winning this one uh, by one point. So, big preview, I know. Um, but I'm really excited. I think this has potential to be one of the matches of the grand for- uh, of the season, and it was my grand final prediction to start the season. So CFS one won to kickstart round two for me. We definitely haven't recorded this part of the show before, but we're up to the Friday night games. Technical difficulties aside, and I mentioned at the start of the show that I was going to have no guests this weekend, but this man couldn't stay away. The Dragons playing their first game this weekend, and they are the best team in the NRL, as everybody knows. The Premiership favourites, no doubt about it, and a lot of huge expectations around him this year. But, uh, yeah, and, and Matt Cosgrove joins the show once again. He's basically a co-host at this point. He's, a, you know, a colour analysis. Anything you need, Cosgrove's the guy to, the guy to do it. But he's back on the show today. He got six out of eight in round one, and he's been bragging ever since to me. Uh, he's been bragging to me ever since that. But welcome back to the show, Cos. As I said, successful round one, mate. Some big upsets, the Dolphins beating the Roosters and the Broncos beating the Panthers. How'd you find round one? Yeah, thanks for having me, mate. Uh, third time lucky trying to record this. I think I've said something different each time, but anyway. Um, as you said, six out of eight, not a bad start to the year. I would love to brag that I tipped either Brisbane or Dolphins in that six, but I did not. I only got the other six, uh, the other six right, and those two, those uh, were the two I got wrong. Um, it was pretty good just to watch the footy and a uh, stressful free weekend with my team having the bye. So it was just, yeah, good to, good to have the footy back. Absolutely. Uh, you know, one of the most competitive round ones I said to start the show that we've ever seen. The, the quality of football was outstanding for the most part. A little bit of drop ball and some disappointing teams here and there, but I expect all those teams to be better over the next few weeks. And teams like the Knights, the Tigers, the Bulldogs, and the Bulldogs, they better hope that they improve quick or the pressure is going to get to them, no doubt about it. But because uh, we've already previewed the first game of the round, the Panthers versus the Rabbitohs, what is your prediction for that game before we move on to these Friday night matches? At the moment, I'm tipping uh, South Sydney, but it will come down to uh, Latrell Mitchell, whether he plays or not, whether I changed Penrith. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one to start the round 
you got that Latrell Mitchell factor and you just look at Penrith's dominance over the last three years that they've only dropped two in a row uh, once and uh, that was around origin of maybe last year or the year before uh, without, so without the likes of Luai, Cleary, etc. So it's um, really hard to tip against South with their start to the season and really hard to tip against Penrith seeing you know, they rarely drop two in a row these days. Absolutely agreed, and I think that, you know, Penrith will be out to be better, to be much improved after that round one performance, but yeah, my tip's like yours, I, I think it all depends on Latrell Mitchell and the confidence that he brings to us when he is on the field, I mean, we saw it last year, without him when he was injured, see us weren't even in the top eight, with him in the side, then there's no doubt they're premiership contenders. Yeah. Alright, well let's move on to the uh, the Friday night games now, two big games coming your way. At 6pm from Combank Stadium up there in Parramatta, it's the Parramatta Eels versus the Cronulla Sharks. Both of these teams round one losers, and I expect both will be out to improve on their individual round one performances for Cronulla. I think they were pretty good to start their season, obviously still missing their star halfback Nico Hines and their chief playmaker. This week, Jack Williams and Wade Graham also both out of the squad, I think believe Wade Graham is fighting a suspension charge at the judiciary tonight or tomorrow night in relation to the tackle he made on Cam Murray, which saw him sin-binned in that Saturday game. But uh, overall, it's a pretty settled squad, apart from the fact that their leader's not there. And I think that Braden Trindle did a remarkable job covering him. He was the outstanding, kicking a 40-20 in that first half, and then really that really changed the momentum and led to Cronulla being 12 all. Uh, with South heading into the half break, I think that you know their forward pack really stepped up and bullied South Sydney early and got in their faces, um, but they just couldn't maintain it. South Sydney a little bit too classy at the end of the day there. For Parramatta, I think that you know they were pretty impressive, especially in that first half to start the season. I, for one, thought they were going to be a team that really struggled in 2023 and would start the season with a little bit of a grand final hangover. But 6-0 up at half time. When Cameron Munster came back in that game for Melbourne, we'll talk more about his situation later. He's going to be missing some footy. But when he came back on, it was almost like the storm um, lifted a gear and, you know, that round one streak continues. But uh, I think the Eels, you know, what let them down was probably game management in terms of the communication between Brian Moses and Hodgson. I think that Hodgson's obviously going to get better at that as he gets to know the other playmakers a little bit more. Um, the forward pack probably la- lacked a little bit of grunt for me. Obviously, Papali, he's gone to the Tigers now, and Madison and Lane, two big outs to start the season for him. But uh, Hopgood was good. I, I expect uh, Murchie, Dory, and Cartwright to all be better for the run. They're not used to playing that much footy when they're in first grade. Um, but, you know, I, I think that there's definitely signs of life still for Parramatta, and I think that it's a process. Um, as I mentioned, they've just got to manage those big game moments better, but I think this is going to be a big game on Friday night, because for a 6pm Friday game, we talked about it off camera, um, that I think that, you know, this could be the best 6pm Friday game we see all year, these teams will be up for this contest, Mitchell Moses is 200th, what do you think uh, both teams need to improve on, how do you find their round one performances, and ultimately what's going to be the keys um, to these teams winning this game on Friday night and getting their first win of the season? Yeah, well, yeah, as you just said, first win of the season, so a lot of pressure um, on both these sides to, um, to you know, they're up there with the, the heavyweights, they're in the conversation uh, for top four finishes and whatnot, but um, if you're either of these teams, you don't really want to be 0-2 to start the year, so it's already uh, big implications already for round two, but as you touched on before, 
Uh, game management really let Parramatta down last weekend. Uh, that's something they're going to have to improve if they're going to get the W on Friday night. Uh, pretty much same for Cronulla. Obviously, a bit of a different story for them. They don't have their um, their number one choice for halfback in Nico Hines, who's missing another week with that calf injury. So I think it's going to be a little bit too tough of an ask. Uh, Mitch Moses is 200. Uh, we did touch on this earlier about um, his milestone records, including his debut game. He's yet to win one. And I'm going against the grain there, and I'm going to tip uh, Parramatta for a victory off the back of their forward pack and the game management from their number six and seven. Yeah, I agree. I think that uh, I think that I expect Cronulla's forward pack to really come out and dominate Parramatta's early, and I think that Brad Arthur's really going to have to light a fire under that inexperienced forward pack this week because when you got the likes of Hammond, Ueli, and Rudolph and and Finucane, they're not small human beings, cause they're going to be out to uh, to wreak havoc on this inexperienced Parramatta forward pack. But um, I think what's going to let Cronulla down is the lack of. I guess, experience to have there. I really, and I put this when we recorded it the first time, I put the onus on Matt Moylan to really step up. I mean, Trindle's the inexperienced half and he's controlling the game really well, but I think it's up to Moyland, Kennedy and even Braley to help me out a little bit with the kicking game, um, find some more direction and some, uh, I guess, uh, some more organisation when they're attacking opposition line. I think Kennedy really needs to get more involved, but Moylan's the experienced playmaker. He should be out there calling the shots. I know that he's traditionally more a, a running half, but I think that, you know, there's a big... I, I really think that he should... This is the opportunity he has to lead a, a first-grade side and, and show that experience, and I think the onus is on him to really compete with the Eels here, but I think... Cronulla's forward pack will be too strong for Parramatta in those initial exchanges, but I think with the football they have on the Parramatta goal line, they're not going to be able to get the points at the moment because I think that without Hines, they're really struggling to to fire shots. And I know they scored some tries there against South Sydney and they're full of energy and um, they, they really wanted it, Cronulla, to start the season. But without your key man there, it's, it's hard to... Uh, to be able to break down a defence, and I think Parramatta had pretty good defence last week. So um, I've got Cronulla by uh, sorry Parramatta by six points, but I think that um, it could go either way. I just think Cronulla, uh, sorry Parramatta, as I say Cronulla again, Parramatta have a, little, a few too many points in them for Cronulla to main uh, to sustain for the eighty minutes. Yeah, agreed. Well said. All right, let's move on to the eight pm game now. And guess what? We haven't even recorded this one really, cause we're not talking about games we've talked about five times now. We're, we're, technical issues are gone. We're into it. And the 8pm Friday game from Suncourt Stadium, the Brisbane Broncos versus the North Queensland Cowboys. And everybody's talking about Penrith, but, man, the Broncos were outstanding against them last week. And their forward pack really bullied them, put them off their game. I was really impressed by the likes of Hines, Capewell, um, someone like Jensen really stepped up, Jordan Ricky. They both had breakout games. Um, Carrigan, always, always solid, but... Adam Reynolds' game management was really the difference, and his kicking game was pinpoint perfect. He kicked that late field goal, but all night, um, I just think he thoroughly outplayed Nathan Cleary, to be honest, last week, Adam Reynolds. So, um, great start for the season for the Broncos. They're versing a Cowboys side that also got the win. Um, they're winning 18-0 early against the Canberra Raiders, and they kind of let their guard down a little bit, and Canberra um, really showed something get back in the game with 18 points in the second half before Chad Townsend did what he's done so many times in his illustrious career, and that's kicked a game-winning field goal. So, um, you know, I think there's improvement um, in, in the Cowboys for sure. I don't think they're at their best 
for the 80 minutes last week, but overall they look like a team that can definitely, um, you know, try to replicate, if not go a little bit better than they did in 2022. They've got star PR all around the field, and we know between these two teams, because the Broncos versus the Cowboys, uh, you know, it's going to be one of the most watched games of the season. Both teams are going to be up for it, and it could be one of the classic games that we've seen so many times between these two teams over the last 10 years. Yeah, for sure. I cannot wait for this game on on Friday night. Just looking at the teams here, it's just evenly matched throughout from back line to full pack to the bench. Uh, this is going to be an absolute cracking game. As you touched on before, Adam Reynolds uh, had a fantastic game last weekend, along with uh, Payne Haas, Carrigan, the leaders there in the forward pack. Uh, North Queensland, for me, um, jumped out to a quick lead. I think it was 18-0, wasn't it? Yep, 18-0 in the first half. And I think we were talking at the time in the chat, it was like, Cowboys by how many? Um, and then just all of a sudden, like it's like they continued where they left off from 2022, and you're like, okay, you know, they're in for another big year. And then um, later on in the game, they started uh, playing like it was 2021 again, and then you just didn't know. It was kind of a mixed bag there from them, but... Um, Obviously got away with the win in the end with Chad Townsend's field goal, but um, as you just said, the history they've got dates back, you know, back to the grand final 2015 and the run of games we had there. There was the uh, the golden point games and all real close games between them. So I think they bring the best out of each other, and obviously the bit of extra motivation with the the Dolphins in the competition with four Queensland now. So they all really want to. Um, get that top Queensland spot so uh, I think both teams will be really really up for this I'm tossing and turning on big big inclusion as well uh, is Reese Walsh coming back into the team he's going to play his first game for the season for the for the Broncos, so we'll see how he fits in with the spine, considering how well they played last week. I think Cobbo did a good job at fullback, but there's no doubt that Reese Walsh adds an extra dimension in attack for him. He does, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, what he brings and how he works with the uh, rest of the side there with the combinations as you touched on but uh, yeah as I said I've just been tossing back and forth on this game it can really really honestly go either way and um, I'm expecting full house up there Suncorp Friday night and I think I'm just going to tip the Broncos just by a couple points I'm going to go the other way I'm going to go the Cowboys I think that the Broncos were so up for last week and they're going to be hard to beat again this week this week i think that they uh really showed their value last week but if i'm looking at these two teams i think that the cowboys are a premiership contender and while the broncos might have outplayed them last week i think when i look at these two sides i think there's more points to be had for the cowboys i think it's going to be a high scoring one up there at suncorp on on friday night i'm excited to watch it no doubt about it i think it will be a nail biter but i'm going to go the cowboys by two all right, uh, so we've got a disagreement there. Um, again, if you beat me on the on tips this week, I don't know if you're going to be invited back, mate. <laughs> All right, let's move on to my favourite time of the week. You know what time it is. It's Super Saturday. Man, got to love your Saturday rugby league. Free back games, back to back to back. How good is Super Saturday, by the way, Cos? Oh, mate, it was fantastic last week. So the return of Tommy Turbo was just... Fantastic. And obviously, your, bunny, your bunny's getting up later in the night, too. So, it was a good first uh, Super Saturday for 2023. No doubt about it. And the action this weekend kicks off at Allianz Stadium. The Sydney Roosters up against the New Zealand Warriors. 
the Roosters at home for the first time this season. Man, they got the shock of their lives last week. I think that the Roosters can be accused of not taking the Dolphins seriously enough. Um, and, you know, they're traditionally slow starters, but their handling was god-awful, Cos. And um, it's safe to say there's a lot of work that needs to be done in the club. I know that this is what I said at the start of the year. I, I question their halves, but I don't think it came down to that last week. I think that what they were really la- missing last week was some of that go forward. Hargraves, Angus Crichton. There's no doubt they're big losses. I mean, they've got Manu back in this week and, and Lodges out injured. And I think that he was one of their best forwards last week. But for me, the depth and the um, and the quality of forwards coming off the, the bench. I mean, look at their squad this week. They've got Collins, Baker's starting prop. they got the Butcher Brothers who do a serviceable job there. Radley and Diat. But on the bench, Hutchison, White, May, and Turpin. I just I question um, the forward rotation there. And for me, um, their opponents this week, the Warriors... I think it, their forward pack is one of their strengths. They've got some big bodies like Vanua Blake, Barnett, Ford up the front. But I think at the start of the year, everybody's saying, well, the Roosters, um, you know, they're top four third, and he's one of the premiership favourites. I know it's only been one week, but, man, I'm concerned, because I'm concerned about this forward pack, and I'm concerned um, that, you know, I know they're traditional slow starters. I know it's only week one. So, but, yeah, I've just got my doubts about... About this forward pack, I've got to be honest. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I could definitely agree there. Like uh, Angus Crichton is obviously dealing with some stuff off the field, and he's out indefinitely with no real return to play time frame. And um, Tupanu is another one they're missing the second rower. Yep, B- um, he's, he's destructive too. I mean, yeah. he was he was uh, getting put in the gaps all across the field last year. He, he had a great season before he got hurt. I'm just looking at their extended bench and uh, Maria Hargroves isn't on it, so I think he's not uh, due back. Look at that extended bench, though. You've got, like, Ben Thomas, Wong, Allen, Sandon Smith. I'm just... The depth's, a, the depth's an issue for me at the moment for the Roosters, and I know that this game against the Warriors is very winnable, but I don't think that um, people were giving the Warriors the credit they deserved. I thought they were really good last week against the Newcastle Knights. Obviously, the Knights... I think the Knights when Ponga was the field, I think they were they were playing all right. I think the Warriors um, really surprised me last week, to be honest, with how good they yeah. played. Yeah, I, I didn't see the game uh, live. I caught uh, glimpses of it uh, later in the night, but um, I thought they were pretty pretty solid from from what I saw. Anyway, especially from their forwards, the their new forwards, Mitch Barnett, uh, Jackson Ford punched out eighty minutes. Uh, Nakore uh, didn't play. Uh, I don't think he played the full eighty, but um, had a good stint I think, there. I think Jackson Forward was better than him from what I saw. Yeah, I agree. And, um, and Toby Harris, man, the, look at the shit look at the difference though. Like they've got Bunty Afoa and Curran coming off the bench, and you know. I, yeah, I, yeah. Just looking at that bench, it's much better. We're looking at the class of the Roosters in terms of their their stars. I mean, Tedesco, Manu, Suwali, Kiri Walker, they're all on deck for this game. The Cheese is going to be out to, you know, play a, a complete game after getting sin-binned on Sunday afternoon. Um, but I think the Warriors can really take it to them early. They can score points and get the lead in this game. To be honest, when I'm looking at this game and previewing this game, I, um, I do expect the Roosters to be better, but I'm actually reminded of, I believe it was around two game last year, maybe round three. I don't know, if it was, maybe it was two years ago. I remember a game recently in the last few years at the start of the year, and 
It might have been last year. I think the Roosters really struggled in a game early in the season against the Warriors. They ended up winning like 26-18. to 18. Do you remember that game? Yeah, I do, yeah. Not sure if it was last year or the year before, but I expect a kind of a bit of a similar result here. I think the Warriors have points in them, um, and as I said, I think they can get on top of the Roosters early. Um, if you're a Roosters fan, you really hope that the star power that they've got in this side is enough and, and these forward packs really lift for the occasion because I don't expect Radley to be there, to be honest. I'd, he might be, but I'd have concerns over him. Um, I'm going to tip the Roosters. I'm going to tip them by eight, but no confidence in this one, Cos. I think the Warriors are a real chance. Yeah, I've, I've tipped the Roosters too, but um, it's more the Warriors uh, beating themselves, really. Like, how many times... Like, I tipped them last week, but so many times that they've let me down. Like, you, you're confident in backing them, and then they just let you down. Last week was a rare, rare one where I actually tipped them, and they actually backed it up and won. But I think, you know, they could be their own worst enemy. They'll probably be given like opportunities to win the game and something will go wrong or they'll just, just you'll just sit there and go, this is such a warrior thing to do. You know, they they really aimed up in round one, but then again, they they versed Newcastle, so you kind of get a hard read off the bat, not being a solid top eight side coming, uh, coming up against. But um, the Roosters will obviously look to be much better than they were Sunday night. They'll want to try and erase that memory pretty quickly. They haven't had an easy run coming up either. they got South Sydney next week, the Roosters. Obviously a rivalry game. Um, they're going to want to play good because I tell you that they're going to want to get some sort of confidence heading into that game. Yeah, they, want, they just... I think they might have to get to the mindset where they don't really care how they get the two points, just get the two points. They don't care if they play crap. Just get the two points and get on to next week because um, if these... Uh, Warriors forwards can get on top and and then God knows anything could happen. Taking enough away from the Dolphins but yeah they were my most disappointing team of the week last week the Roosters. Alright let's move on now and let's get to the 5.30 game Super Saturday and we just talked about them. The Dolphins are going to be playing their second ever match um, at KO Stadium against the Canberra Raiders. KO Stadium I believe is the Redcliffe ground. Uh, yeah. The, uh, the Morton yeah, Daly so Park. It's, got a, it's renamed. Yeah. Okay, Stadium this year. It's so that one with the... Morton Daly, I think. Like the, yeah, Morton Daly Stadium, yep. that one. Sure. All right, well, yeah, well, I mean, let's get into it. The Dolphins, uh, the impressive last week. I mean, they weren't perfect in terms of completion, but the energy they showed, and I guess it was always going to be an emotional afternoon for everybody involved, and such a historic day for rugby league to see them come out and play their first game, and then the huge upset that we saw unfold about us. But... Again, the Wayne Bennett effect, you can't take it away from him. I mean, you look at the likes of the Hemmer and Asako, I mean, even someone like Branko Lee and Tessie New, those backs, they played with so much confidence. The forward pack did exactly what Wayne Bennett hired them to do, and that's be professional, be hardworking, and all of them were that. Jeremy Marshall King, I think, um, as great as Felice Kafusi was, I think Marshall King was unlucky not to get the man in the match last week. He really broke the game open. Um... The playmakers, very inexperienced. Katoa and O'Sullivan, definitely a work in progress. Katoa had a rocks or diamonds type game. Sullivan controlled the game well. But overall, I was very impressed by what I saw in the Dolphins in their opening game. Diversing a Raiders side that went down uh, by a point against the North Queensland Cowboys. But it was an impressive comeback after a notorious slow start for them in that first half. Um, 
that's a it seems to be a key for the Raiders over the past few years, floating in and out of games. Sometimes they're winning big and can't hold on. Sometimes they're losing big and come back. Um, I think the Raiders just have to be more consistent and ready to can be compete, ready to compete as soon as the game starts. And I, you know, I questioned that first twenty to thirty minutes they didn't look like they were in the game at all. Um, but I think it's going to be a good game up there um, in Redcliffe on Saturday afternoon. It's going to be. I think it's a real toss of the coin one. I think the Raiders. Um, I've got a point to prove after you know for, uh, falling in that that nail biting finish up there at Townsville on Saturday night. Um, their forward pack is going to look to take it to the Dolphins early, but uh, I think that this one truly a toss of the coin cause for me. Yeah. <laughs> you just look at last week's performance, and you know you just even before the season started, Sportsbet had a uh, a market for Dolphins for zero wins. It was like thirty four dollars, and they can't come out and and win game one and so it's like well if they can beat the Roosters then surely you'd think they can beat the Raiders so as you said real toss of the coin uh, Canberra will definitely be uh, look it's a tough one for Canberra because they're back in Queensland again for the second week in a row so haven't had the uh, opportunity to play at home yet uh, missing Jordan Rapana suspended for a few weeks yeah but uh, Hoppawadi comes into the team yeah Hoppawadi's coming side and then what does Jared Croker have to do to get a run I I don't know man I think I think his first grade career is done because if he can't get picked in this I'm just looking at his back line if he can't get picked in it then he never will I think he's just six games away from 300 games too yeah well they released a list of players that are going to make their 300th appearance this year like injury and suspension pending obviously but and he was on that list, and I was like, geez, he should have been on that list years ago. But unfortunately, he's had so many shoulder and uh, injury issues, it's just not meant to be. But yeah, I don't know what he needs to do to crack that side. But obviously, the suspension of Jordan Rapana can't get him in the team. He's not even in the 22, it's crazy. Um, but who you got in this one? I'm actually leaning towards the. Uh, the Dolphins. I, I liked what I saw last week. I think they've still got plenty of confidence and um, no yeah, doubt it's going to be... Hu- tipped you tipped them too? Uh, yeah, I've tipped them. I think I'm confident to tip them this week. Like, obviously, I, I said to you when we watched the charity shoot together, I know we had a few beers, but I, I was so tempted to, to make that statement like I did all those years ago with Penrith beating the Roosters. I was like, you know what? Watch this. Watch the Dolphins win. And then I kind of retracted on my statement. I was like, you know what? That'd be stupid because that's not going to happen. And then they, they go out and beat the Roosters. We say a lot of things when they're having beers. <laughs> and that's given me confidence to tip them this week. I think they'll take that momentum in. I think uh, they really played off the back of the crowd. It was really, I think there was like 30-odd thousand now on Sunday. They had huge support. And um, I think they'll take that momentum into, into uh, Saturday afternoon first uh, official home game at, uh, in Redcliffe obviously Sunday's game was at Suncorp they wanted the bigger venue for that for that game obviously but um, yeah I think they'll take the momentum in and uh, a w- another week playing with each other in um, as a team I think will do them wonders for a their second victory two out of two wins I reckon they'll they'll uh, pull out on Saturday night 
I agree. I think that uh, it's going to be harder this week. Obviously, it's not going to be as emotional of an occasion, but I think that yeah. um, Bennett's great at getting his club ready and, and ready to go. The, the onus is really on the halves because I think that they have to be really good. But uh, I love the forward pack. I love what the culture that they've already established up there. And just seeing someone like Jermaine Asako, I know how tough he's gone. They go through it on the documentary um, on Stan, but... Um, to come back and he's almost like a new footballer under Wayne Bennett and that's what I love to see I'm going to go the Dolphins by 10 points I think that uh, Canberra are going to be tough to beat but I think that um, Canberra another team for me where I just don't know um, where exactly they're scoring their points they've got some great players in their team Wyden obviously is a game breaker but for me I just they're just a very inconsistent side and some of the yeah I just I don't know about them to be honest at this point in the season I have them in my eight at the start of the year and I I think they will get it rolling at some point but they're just such a momentum team Canberra when they get on a roll they're good but you just never know what you're going to get with them and yeah Josh Papali's also not back yet Uh, it was apparently he was supposed to come back round two but that um, Pasami Solo's still in there yep he's retained his starting spot and Papali's nowhere in the 22 so he gets the starting front row spot for another week alright no worries you don't you don't don't at all Um, alright we're going to take a quick break and we're going to preview these last few games won't be one second guys we'll be about one second for you guys because we're going to be straight back to it Right, the final game of Super Saturday takes place at 7.35 from Amy Park when the Melbourne Storm take on the Canterbury Bulldogs. The Storm managed to keep their winning streak in round one alive in what potentially is, I guess, Craig Bellamy's final season, uh, maybe in the NRL, but uh, they did so at a price because Cameron Munster has got that finger injury and he's going to be out for the next two to four weeks at least. Tyrant Wishart will slot into the halves, but overall... Um, the Storm, we already know they've got plenty of injury drama. No Tarek Sims as of yet. Um, they're versing a Bulldog side that were very disappointing on Saturday afternoon. I think a lot of fans expected a lot more from them. I thought that it would take a while for them to you know, continue to improve, and it looks like it may be that way. But um, Matt Burden and, and Kikia, when they're ineffective, um, both of them, and they both probably had less than... Uh, they had sub-par performances for sure. Um, you're always going to struggle. And I think that one thing that the Bulldogs are really going to have to, and Phil Gould's basically said it as well, um, is really going to have to, I guess, these young guys, it's going to be a week-by-week basis because they don't have the experience factor in a lot of the positions. I mean, if you look at their spine, Marnie, Burden, Flanagan, and Perham, um, I think questions have to be asked about the about the confidence level and, and if they can consistently be in those positions for 26 to 27 weeks in terms of Perham and Flanagan. I think Burden will shake off last week's performance. But, uh, yeah, they were thoroughly outplayed against Manly on Saturday afternoon. So, concerning if you're a Bulldogs fan, and it doesn't get easier this week because while the Storm are missing a fair few and it's safe to say they weren't at their best despite getting the win on Thursday night, they're still a, uh, a world-class team. And I expect, um, you know, I guess, I guess the difference that Bellamy and Serrato have at the moment is that Serrato, rookie coach, um, hasn't really been in this position before. Bellamy, these guys that are performing for him, someone like Bronson Garlic or, or Alec McDonald, they're playing out of their skin, and Bellamy seems to know how to get the best out of these up-and-comers in his squad, and I think that's going to be a big difference in this game. Cos, what do you think about this Melbourne Bulldogs matchup on Saturday night? Yeah, look, Craig Bellamy, obviously... 
you know, Cameron Munster's a, a big out, but Craig Bellamy, whoever he slots in there, uh, you know, he's got full confidence in them to do the job. Uh, Wishart seems to be a bit of a, a bit of a cover for bloody any backline position for him. He's well, if you saw last Thursday night, I think it was unfair to put him out on the wing. I don't think he is a winger. Um, and obviously that bomb, there was some miscommunication with Meany. He was nowhere near the football. Um, he definitely plugged into any position with Shart, but I think that he'll definitely be keen to show that maybe he has a spot in the halves in the future. Or I think he's going to be looking down a lockdown at position. Yeah, well, he, uh, he should go around this week in the halves. As you said, he's probably you know a bit rough showing him out there on the wing. but He's not his dad. Uh, I think he's a very talented young footballer, though, so interested oh, to see yeah. his development. Yeah. Yeah, typical George let someone go. Anyway, <laughs> um, Nick Meany was pretty solid uh, in place of Pappenhausen last week, who's uh, out for the first couple of months, so the fullback position is his for at least. At least two months, and um, the rookie winger, I thought he was pretty solid. Warbrick? Um, well, yeah, his super coach score didn't show it, but you know, it, if you look at all the winger scores from that game, it wasn't a fair indication of it anyway. But um, yeah, look, the Storm, they're just a well oiled machine. We go through the same thing each year, each preseason is this is the year that the mighty fall, and then. They always seem to be up and about. Look, they didn't finish top four last year. I think they finished fifth. First week exit. Yeah. But they're still, you know, they're still there, up and up and about. They obviously, yeah, got knocked out first week. But in terms of regular season, they're always in the top eight coming out of the season. So, well, loyal machine, you, you know, you can put anyone there and they'll do the job for him. I thought Harry Grant was huge last week. I was a bit nervous there at the start when he was limping around, but um, came good. Got the match winning try there in uh, Golden Point last week. Yep. So yeah, you, you know what you're going to get from them, and with the dogs probably a little bit complete opposite. I mean, you got new combinations. You've got uh, Reid Marnie, who's just joined the club. Uh, Ryan Sutton. It's going to take time. Uh, yeah, a lot of their starting thirteen. Uh, yeah, quite inexperienced in terms of playing together as a playing group. Their bench is uh, not the strongest. Obviously, they they got hit with the um, uh, Luke Thompson injury on the eve of the NRL season, and Gus Gould confirmed that he'll miss the rest of the season. I think we had a conversation about how big this year was going to be for him, playing for a contract. So that's a big loss for him because he's he can be a real solid player. Obviously, not the the best English player to come out and, and play in the NRL but he's definitely solid and a huge loss so you've got your the likes of like Frank Pelle who barely got any any time last week you know, I think he only played like 8 minutes so that was interesting but um, yeah it's just it's just going to take a little bit it's a work in progress yeah it's a work in progress like Phil Gould knew what he was going to get with Serraldo and I think he's just going to you know just Give it, give it time. Obviously, fans uh, of any club really, you know, when there's any type of change, whether it's um, personnel or player, expect results straight away. But obviously, it's not going to happen. It's going to take time for these things. And, and as you said, like 
surround as the rookie coach and he's just he's still learning on the go even though he came from you know the Penrith system and, and stuff like that but yeah it's just I think it's going to be maybe another rough week for the Dogs I think uh, Melbourne if they're a little bit better than they were last Thursday night uh, could definitely uh, win this one 13-plus. They're my lock of the week. I think Melbourne will win, be big winners. I've yeah. got Melbourne by 20 points. And honestly, if their attack um, don't start firing, I know it's only round two, and you've got to give the this, these things time. We mentioned, um, you know, it's all... Without without those veteran players, you know, literally the team and a very young squad for the Bulldogs, if they can't eventually get firing, I think that you've got to look at Perham and, and Flanagan and maybe some others and... and say, are these guys ready for a full season in the NRL, or um, perhaps do they need a bit of a, a, a stint on the sidelines, and for Flanagan, I just don't think he's playing with confidence at the moment, so I'm going to go to the Storm by 20 points, um, and you've got him 13 plus. Yeah. Alright, well that is the Saturday games covered, let's move over to the Sunday games now, 4.05 Sunday afternoon from Leichhardt Oval, the West Tigers versus the Newcastle Knights, and I guess it's safe to say that both of these teams, uh, while they didn't get the win last week, uh, I mean, their, their fans would have had a lot of expectations, especially in the Tigers' case. They played at Leichhardt, they were dominated in that first half against the uh, the Titans. They showed it a little bit in the second half, but I mean, it's another one of these cases where it's a work in progress. The attack definitely wasn't firing in that first half. They still have no John Bateman this week, the Tigers, um, but they got a bit of a role on in the second half, and I think it's obvious that Tim Sheens and Benji Marshall want to play a very enterprising brand of football. Um, their forward pack yet to really gel and, and get in that system. They've got to really know how to get the best out of guys like Papalihi and, and um, Appy Corusia, because I think Corusia was very quiet in his debut. Um, but yeah, in front of their home crowd at Leichhardt, I think it's a winnable game this week. Newcastle were very poor in stages last week. I think they also showed some potential there. Uh, Lachlan Miller tried his best to get involved in the game. I think Pong was really good when he was on the field, um, but you know what you're going to get with the Knights. It's rocks and diamonds. and um, I just feel like Newcastle, uh, sometimes I guess they're searching for a way not to score points. They just don't seem to have any direction when they're on attack. And You'd hope that that's something Hastings brings. I mean, his kicking game was decent last week, but they just, for me, they just don't have enough spark to score anywhere near as much points as they should be in games. Because they had a lot of opportunities on the Warriors' line last week, and they didn't get much out of it. They scored two tries at the end of the day. And um, I don't know what Aaron O'Brien needs to do, but there's no mistake he's on borrowed time, and he needs to fix it. I think their defense is fundamentally sound. It's the attack that really worries me. And they look better um, with Ponger out there, but... Man, I I just think like they're playing they're playing football. They're, they're attacking formations, the stuff that we saw ten years ago, and I just don't think it's evolved. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, this is a this is a tough one for me. Uh, real toss of the coin. One with the Tigers, I thought last week they definitely had their opportunities to win that game. I thought Luke Brook, I thought Luke Brook, Brooks was quite poor, but you know how often do you hear that over the last. <laughs> it's kind of just it's like a broken broken record it's just they they just seemed like the the tempo was just they'll try and way too hard play just forcing a lot of just i don't know just nothing seemed to work 
in that first uh, in the first half last week. I thought, um, especially as I touched on, Luke Brooks was quite poor. I thought Dewey was actually uh, pretty solid, especially in that second half. I thought Brent Naden was probably best on field from what I saw. Um, and for Newcastle, as I said, I didn't see the game last week, so I can't really comment too much on them. But um, look, they're just going to have to be—they're just going to have to be much better than last week if they want to get anywhere close to a result. But as I said, it can really go either way with these two teams. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah. You're right. But the thing is, though, at least the Tigers are trying to. I guess uh, they're trying to evolve in the way that they attack. They're trying to play a new brand of football, and obviously what's yeah. been at the club for the last decade hasn't worked. So you can tell that Farrah, uh, Marshall, and Sheens, they're trying to change the way they do things. And I just think Newcastle aren't. I just think they're just yeah. stagnant in what they're doing. They've been doing it for five years now, and I don't think the club's seen any improvement, especially in that attackive area since Adam O'Ryan arrived at the club. So, um, you know, he's fighting for his job, and I don't want to hit him in while he's down, but, I mean, maybe it is the best thing for the club. We'll see how we go the next few weeks, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I've got the Tigers, as I said, toss of the coin. Who knows? I'm going to go the Tigers by four, though. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, back the Tigers as well. Um, not by a lot. With an exciting style of attack as well, and uh, just the way these two teams play, I expect this to be a very scrappy affair on Sunday afternoon. All right, let's move over to the final game of the round. The reason why you're here, Cos... 6.15, the Strata Jubilee Stadium. The Dragons will open their account in 2023 with a game against the Gold Coast Titans, who are, you know, after one week, I think Matt Dupont's taking a photo. They're second on the ladder. Um, big winners on Sunday night, but again, not without, just a little bit like some other teams, not like Melbourne, for example, not without uh, a price, because it looks like Kieran Florence probably going to miss this game. He's been named in there at 5-8, but highly unlikely to take his place. I thought the Titans were very impressive in that first half on Sunday. Um, came back to the field a little bit in that game on Sunday in the second half. But um, they're they finding gaps. I think the combinations were really nice for Fida. He probably played his best game in a while for it and Boyd directing the team around well. Grimson chipping in. I really liked what I saw. I thought it was a good team effort. And I think this shows you... Uh, what the Titans are capable of that first half last week. But they're versing a Dragons team. We don't know too much about them. We haven't seen them since the Charity Shield. Um, but it's safe to say that the off-season has been great. There's not a huge amount of expectations on the club. Um, they've named Sullivan to partner Ben Hunt this week in the 5-8. Will he keep that spot his own? Who knows? Amone just got cleared um, down and, and is off the no-fault policy and he's able to play um, as of now. So... Sullivan's there at the moment. Moses M by the starting hooker. They put Little back to the bench, which I found perplexing considering they signed him to be the number nine. And he was really good in the in the trials. Toby Coachman, I don't know much about him, but he's making the debut on the bench. Um, no Bird. Uh, no, Bird is back, sorry. He's locked. No Jack DeBellin. Um, it's a, who knows what we're seeing with the Dragons. I'm not sure. Sloan's kept the fullback spot despite his, his trial form. Um... Yeah, I mean, we know that what the Titans can be. We also saw 
in my opinion, they were a little bit disappointing in that second half last week. But, um, yeah, for me, this game could go either way. Uh, the Dragons are going to want to start red hot in front of their home crowd. Um, I'll let you, you know, tee off on the Dragons in a sec, Cos, but uh, I'll just give my prediction. I am going to go the Titans by uh, by 12 points in this game. I just think they've got too much attacking flair for the Dragons. But I do think that the Dragons will start this game well. I think they'll be in the contest at halftime. Um, if Foran plays, I'm definitely in the way of Gold Coast, but I think Gold Coast get away a little bit late in this game. Um, it's your team. It's uh, the start of their season, Cos. Uh, what are you thinking about this game? Oh, well, the moment has finally arrived. You know, having round one off, watching uh, the footy stress-free, not having to worry about uh, winning or losing and walking away with two points. But, you know, it had to come to an end eventually, so... Look, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I'm yeah. just going to focus on, on, on my side uh, real quick. So this is obviously our round one. This is our first game of the year. As you said, we haven't seen them play since the Cherry Shield, which was quite disappointing, but it was just the cherry on top for pretty much a disappointing off-season where there was just a lot of negative press in the media, whether it was Teletower Moan, Francis Molo, uh, just... The, the culture or whatever um, surrounding the club, the uncertainty of Griffin despite being contracted for another year, I think. Um, it's just not our worst off-season, but obviously not our best off-season. Uh, look, they've got an opportunity to put that behind them, start well. No disrespect to the Titans, but they've got a good chance to start well. Obviously, Gold Coast last weekend, uh, victorious. Uh, obviously, they gave West uh, plenty of opportunities to get back into that game, if not win that game. But Tigers obviously not being good enough. And um, our good friend Doopy touched on it in our chat over the weekend that they won that game on defence. So um, they'll be looking to back that up again this week. But Look, for, for my side, I don't know what you're going to get. You, you definitely know what you're going to get out of the number seven, Ben Hunt. He, his back must be sore from carrying this team because there's, there's just a lot of slackers. A lot of slackers and a lot of re- people that are destined for retirement, in my opinion. But you're saying that, look, I could probably just have a bit of false hope, but... I am looking forward to seeing what they can deliver because obviously you don't always go off trial form. I know they lost both games. They looked okay in the St Helens game. I thought they did. We were there in that on that night, and I think that um, yeah, there was definitely some energy around them. Yeah, they didn't play uh, like obviously Ben Hunt and a lot of the forwards didn't play. Uh, Jaden Sue and Jack Bird haven't played yet. This, this will be their first footy of the year. Jacob Little, as you touched on, coming off the bench, uh, was a bit of a head-scratcher for me when I read the teams this afternoon when they came out. Uh, but the big one for me is uh, Tyros line. Where's he at in terms of confidence? Um, you know, it's, it's just like one mistake, just one thing to go his way and his head will be straight down and he'll be straight out of the game. And we know he'll be targeted in, in with, some, with some bombs and stuff directed completely oh, at him. We touched on it before with uh, Matt Fee guys' defence too. A lot in that St Helens game, we noticed he was coming out of the line a lot. 
So his defence is obviously something that can be targeted by uh, Gold Coast. Uh, we do like to leak some points on the edge. That's where a lot of our points were leaked last year. But, yeah, look, I really don't know what to expect other than Ben Hunt because you know what you're going to get from the leader. So hopefully the team around him pull, pull their fingers out and put somewhat of an effort in because... Um, if, if they've got any faith in this coach, in, in Anthony Griffin, they'll they'll try somewhat for him because he's under pressure already and they haven't even kicked off yet in 2023. So the first month is going to be real real telling whether whether he keeps his job or not. But um, in saying that, obviously Titans playing last week, having that extra week of playing footy, Dragons, it's essentially the Dragons round one. And we all know, you know, teams can start slow in round one. We're usually not... Uh, fast starters anyway, so uh, I'm going to back. It, it hurts my heart, but I will back against my team and go to Titans by six. No worries. All right. Well, that's a that's a shocking uh, shocking prediction by you, but uh, that's round two done, guys. Let's recap our tips, cause uh, on Thursday night I've got uh, CF Sydney the Friday games. I've got the Eels being too strong for the Sharks. The Cowboys beating the Broncos in the local derby. The Saturday games have got. The Roosters being too strong for the Warriors bouncing back, but in a tight one. The Dolphins winning two on the trot to start their campaign against the Raiders. The Storm beating the Bulldogs, and on the Sunday games, I've got the West Tigers being too strong for Newcastle at Leichhardt, and Gold Coast uh, giving the Dragons their first loss of the season. What about you, Cos? Give me your tips. Uh, yeah, so Thursday I've got the Bunnies, Friday I've got the Eels and the Bronx. On Super Saturday I've got the Roosters, the Dolphins, and the Storm. And on Sunday, I've got the Tigers and the Titans. All right, guys, that's it for round two of Steve's NRL Footy Tips. Thanks for being a guest, Cos. Hope you enjoy your football this week, mate. Yeah, you too, mate. Uh, hopefully, hopefully a good one. All right, uh, we've talked your ears off long enough. Enjoy your football. I hope if your club struggled in round one, they get a much-needed win in round two and give you some... Some false hope, as we like to call it here. <laughs> if, uh, but, uh, yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening to Steve's NRL Footy Tips again. Check out the Facebook page at Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook. Subscribe wherever you guys listen to your favourite podcast, and we'll see you next week on the show. Enjoy your rugby league, guys.